I'm Ron Camacho, your host, and today the business at hand is the business of public relations and media relations and corporate communications, mass communications, which is a field uh, in general that has evolved so much through the last um, few decades, particularly the last uh, decade or so, that it's taken on many, many, many new dimensions. You know, we've gone from public relations, meaning primarily what uh, might appear in a newspaper to what appears in some digital format, Uh, hence the reference in the promo for the program going from uh, ink to uh, pixels. And I'm very pleased uh, to have as my guest today Thomas Smith, an expert in public relations who's worked for many years as a writer, public relations and media relations expert and thomas has seen a lot of these changes through the years welcome to the business hour thomas thank you ron for having me it's a pleasure to be here well thomas let's start um by having you comment on my premise that the the nature of communication in the field of public relations has seen some significant changes in the last couple of decades is that something that you agree with I would agree wholeheartedly with that assessment. Um, the changes, um, I've been in the profession for the better part of 20 years now, so um, I'd say in the last uh, five to 10 years, those changes have really accelerated. Um, and particularly with, um, they're really technology driven um, through, I mean, you mentioned the, the digital um, transformation that's taken place, the digital age that we're in, I mean, social, the uh, uh, emergence of social media and all those platforms. Um, so it's gotten to be, um, I'd say it's expanded um, in a great sense. I mean, um, I think public relations at one point was very segmented. Uh, part of the overall communication strategy that uh, a company or an individual a product um, may uh, employ. But now a lot of those, some of those lines have been blurred. And really, it's an integrated um, communications approach that in public relations is one component. Um, but often times it's affiliated with, with advertising and so um, and promotions. And, and so some of those lines that were there um, previously are no longer um, are, are there, in my opinion. You know, I, I mentioned uh, ink to pixels. I think we should uh, more appropriately say, you know, digital um, bytes and bits and uh, this very program, which is an online program and uh, started off um, with both a uh, AM signal and uh, uh, in a digital online uh, format, is representative of the changes uh, in mass communications. Uh, there's so many re- ways to reach so many different audiences um, that it's, in, to some extent, the name of the game is 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 who you target, you know, uh, how you determine who you're going to target, um, what you say to them, uh, and then uh, how you reach them, what, you know, what medium you you uh, engage. Um, I'm wondering in that larger um, scheme, um, what you think might be one or two of the most significant um, and and hopefully improved ways of reaching uh, an audience uh, in, in, in these times. Uh, you, you might feel, for example, that the newspaper is still one of the best ways. You might feel that the television is still one of the best ways. But then again, we have that full range of new digital mediums right. and social media. So w- in your opinion, what would be a couple of the most significant 
um, positive, we'll say, changes? Well, um, one of the, the things I, I think about right off the bat that's, um, you know, has been um, a trend for several years now, but it's gaining even more momentum is the whole mobile change. I mean, you think of, um, um, you know, just your, your cell phone and, and all the applications that you have um, through a mobile device. Um, I mean, that's really um, just made things so much easier um, for the average consumer to um, look up information, to communicate. And so to me, that's um, – and receive messages. I mean, at the uh, public relations is all about content um, and, you know, the, the delivery of very concise and, and clear messages ideally – um, and that's that. That, in my opinion, is the most impactful. So I'd say that um, um, you know mobility has been tremendous. I mean, the internet has led to um, uh, the uh, just the scope of the internet and all that it can bring and its many powers. Is I mean that's been a tremendous tool. Um, I'm still very much a traditionalist, and I like what um, a lot of the. Um, you know, you mentioned newspapers and TV stations and what they can bring and offer. But you know, they've, you know, what they're doing right now is they've um, they still exist in their traditional sense, but they've gone off in so many different directions. And, um, and for, in some cases, they've really scaled back what they had originally. I mean, in most cases, what they had in their original newsrooms, and um, and they've shifted more to a digital focus. And um, they're using all the social media platforms aggressively. Um, they're using mobile. And so um, it's gotten um, th- just, I think, it's really honed in on, um, you, you mentioned Target, um, and I think uh, it's been very effective as a result. Yeah, I, I would say that um, most of the conventional mediums have, have, have gotten digitized, so to mm-hmm. speak. Um, and your point about uh, mobile devices, um, uh, many decades ago, more than 50 years ago, I, 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 I think it is that there were uh, cartoon references to the Dick Tracy watch, mm-hmm. you know, which has become a, a, a reality. There are a few different uh, wrist uh, uh, devices uh, that you can get. Yep. But aside from that are our, our, our telephones. Um, and other small handheld uh, mm-hmm. devices, uh, PDAs that uh, allow you to be correct, connected to the rest of the world. I mean, what's going on in terms of major events uh, and and communicating with the masses has become uh, darn near instantaneous when you think about um, anything from a major sporting event, something which is staged, to a major riot that took place spontaneously or the outbreak which actually isn't so instantaneous in its uh, uh, we'll say evolution uh, but you can have someone with a camera capturing the event and in seconds that uh, video is made available um, to uh, not just a few thousand or a few hundred thousand or a few million but many millions uh, and, and that has just really changed uh, the ball game, wouldn't you say? I, absolutely. I mean, it's become such an interactive process. I mean, where there's a lot of feedback, instantaneous feedback from from consumers. I mean, they're really um, you know taking the ball and running with it, and giving their feedback, positive or negative, on some of their brand experiences. Um, and so that's created a whole no- new. Uh, um, layer of communications, and uh, as a result, a lot of companies employ their own. Um, they have people um, on staff that are 
what they do is they respond to um, the social media, um, um, the trends, and and the kind of the storm that may occur from time to time. And so they're, um, I mean, they're they're also being very very positive with their outreach, but then they can react if there's something negative said about their companies. So there are many people that you know, I'd say they so they're really amateur um, journalists. I mean, they've changed. Um, they, they haven't gotten uh, training in typical um, journalism classes, but they um, claim to be journalists through the use of blogs and through um, some of the social media platforms. I mean, you mentioned um, uh, through video, which uh, video is one of the most powerful um, platforms out there. I mean, YouTube is is a phenomenon that's, I mean, maybe it's one of the few... Um, I mean, it's it's at the top in terms of uh, the kind of success that it's had and, and um, impact, and I mean, it, it's amazing um, how much um, you know how much has been. Uh, I'd say just the overall effect of, of of YouTube and and how much it's taken off. I, I think that's and and what you can find on there. I mean, the the, the um, potential um, for information and. Um, whether it's um, for knowledge or, or enjoyment, entertainment, I mean, it's just um, it's overwhelming at it, times. It's it's not only overwhelming, but you mentioned earlier, you know, the lines being blurred. You know, the lines between uh, hard news, soft news, uh, uh, feature, and entertainment and information is extremely blurred. Uh, you know, you're not sure whether or not you're watching someone something on YouTube that you should be uh, appalled because it is related to an actual event mm-hmm. or uh, that should be uh, uh, you're laughing at, and it's just a really hilarious uh, sort of occurrence. Yes. Uh, and it's been posted. And, and you mentioned uh, interactivity. Um, that is an entirely new dimension, Is whereas... Uh, you could have uh, some uh, almost instantaneous communication of a major event if a broadcast uh, organization was set up to uh, broadcast um, uh, anything from a, the wedding of the royals to uh, to a major sporting event. You're getting it fairly instantaneously. This other new component is the feedback, is the interactivity, is people tweeting uh, about that event, uh, taking yes. taking their own uh, uh, photographs and 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 video uh, of the event and and posting it in, in a variety of uh, uh, formats, and um, that has just it, it obscured the the lines between professional um, journalism and communications and. Amateur communications, and you know, you you mentioned amateur communications. That's, yes, uh, but there 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 are um, some very very talented, uh, some some very untalented uh, people out there uh, creating uh, images that they're shooting on their phones or even with uh, their cameras and posting them, uh, and people writing uh, short tweets um, that are terrible. But among all of that stuff, there's there's. There's some gems. There's some good things. There are probably uh, a lot of budding uh, uh, hardcore professional journalists, I think, in the ranks of uh, uh, might even start as early as elementary school, but certainly in junior high school when kids have learned to become pretty articulate with 160 or less characters and to shoot reasonably well. It's it's truly a different ballgame. No, I agree with you. I mean, I I said that there's some out there that – when I mentioned amateur journalists, I, I mentioned that um, 
really referring to those that aren't using those mediums in a, in a good way. But you're, but you're absolutely right. There are a lot that are um, using them in, in the right way and, and um, very thoughtful, um, very talented, and, and, and they truly have, I think, um, have found um, a way for them to communicate that's um, effective. And, and so um, it's, it's just opened so many possibilities for, um, for those who haven't gotten um, training necessarily in communications before and 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 some have become very a lot have become very very good at it so I, I mean I see it overall as a positive um, and and the other thing is just the the access that we all have and we have 24 7 access um, to our devices to those platforms I mean there's no sure the typical work day um, you know 20 years ago um, I mean um, you know, there's a standard work week, and now you know those hours are can pretty much be going can going be going for a lot of people from I mean, uh, 24 hours a day. I mean, obviously there are very few people that <laughs> are literally working 24 hours a day, but they have that potential to to be on call. Um, it's easy to do that. It's easy to to telecommute. Or you know even travel and uh, and have that workplace at your fingertips, which is I mean amazing and and. Um, Probably never imaginable um, twenty years ago. You mentioned uh, being on call for twenty four seven. I don't make this offer to all of my clients, and a lot of uh, the listeners out there know that I I'm a professional marketing and communications guy, and I have said to clients a few ones that I trust. You know, give me a call anytime, and I and I literally mean anytime. Um, they are smart enough and, and, and good enough to know that they shouldn't call in the middle of the night, but uh, I want them to know if something happened that I should know about and be able to help them with that I am available. And we'll, we're, we'll talk a little bit more about that twenty the 24-7 mm-hmm. nature of mass communications and the professional field of public relations and mass communications. We're here with Thomas Smith. We'll be back to talk more about public relations with Thomas right after this break. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Listen to America's Voice for Energy. I'm Marita Noon, and each week I'll guide our discussion on a fresh, news-based energy topic, only on America's Web Radio. Do your children know where their food comes from? At ConnectingFarmToFork.com, there's all kinds of ways to help your child understand how 300 million of us here in America stay nourished, clothed, and healthy. Activities, food facts, and farm visits help young people learn about America's hardworking farmers and have lots of fun doing it. Visit ConnectingFarmToFork.com today for a learning experience that will really grow on you. ConnectingFarmToFork.com, brought to you by the people who care at Feedstuff's Food Link. This is Donna Fiducia, former anchor at the Fox News Channel, and now co-host of Cowboy Logic Radio. And you're listening to America's Web Radio. Welcome back to the Business Hour. We're here with Thomas Smith, 
And we've been talking about the field of public relations and what has gone on, the evolution of public relations, uh, particularly here in America, but, but worldwide, because much of what we're talking about applies to the rest of the world. If you get right down to it, particularly in semi-developed to underdeveloped countries, they have access to this very program. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have a computer and you're in some um, highly underdeveloped part uh, uh, on another continent, whether that's uh, Africa or remote parts of uh, South America, uh, in a village on the Amazon River, and someone happens to have uh, a computer or another device that, uh, like their telephone, that allows them to go on, which is a computer, uh, allows them to go online. You, you can uh, get to America's Web Radio, and uh, the ball game has changed because of the way that information uh, is spread. And and before the break, we were talking about how. It's become a 24-7 uh, information environment, and, 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 and I made a reference to clients that knew that um, I could be reached uh, any time uh, of the day and that I'm careful uh, not to tell too many people that uh, they can call me any time, day or night, because uh, even though that may not translate into calls in the middle of the night, it could translate into calls very late at night, and maybe even much earlier than you might uh, otherwise want. And, of course, you don't have to answer your phone. You don't right. have to uh, 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 deal with it. You can uh, turn your phone off um, and, and have a recorded message. But nevertheless, uh, you're accessible more than ever. And I remember mm, as much as a couple of decades back when people in our field of um, communications saw uh, email as somewhat of a uh, significant boom um, to uh, the collection of information that mm -hmm. we needed, documents that we needed, paragraphs, sentences, key information shared with us by clients that we then edited and put into some format that was in turn made available to that client. Um, in the form of a, um, a script, a speech, a news release, copy for um, a brochure. And then you realized anybody uh, could supply you with information, and anybody was supplying you with mm -hmm. information, it seemed, in some companies. You had uh, writing by committee, and you had review of your work by committee. And it was as if your workload was actually increased the information sharing was more easily facilitated yes. at the time that it took to create a finalized document because of everybody having a hand in the editing process. You know, even with all the slickest editing software, uh, you know, it, uh, it, it, it actually um, was a hindrance uh, for us. I don't know yeah, if you experienced no, I, that. No, I, I agree with you. Um, I, I'm a big fan of email, um, but... And, you know, it's changed. Actually, I think some people are kind of phasing out the use of email, which is hard, hard for me to, to believe, but they're um, really just going to uh, the most popular social media um, vehicles, platforms for their communications. But um, 
it, it was a, it's a, been a great tool, um, but also there have been a lot of situations where um, just the back-and-forth nature of it, um, I think in some cases it has been destructive to some relationships. I think um, it's, we've gotten away um, to a degree from some of the, the personal communications, the one-on-one that we used to have. Um, so... And, and that's unfortunate. That's been an unfortunate side effect of, of the technology that we um, we have at our fingertips now. That um, I really think at the end of the day, it's about um, you know reacting with other human beings and and communicating on a, on a level that we can all relate to. And so, um, if there's one thing that I I think is has been a negative, um, that would be it. Is that people are more distant. Yeah, I think people are more distant. It's easy for somebody to kind of um, you know hole up in their in their basement and uh, and become a hermit, a technology hermit of sorts, and uh, you know just and spend hours and hours and hours um, with just the the computer or any kind of device in themselves, and, and that's to me that's um, that's unfortunate, and I actually think it can be. Um, harmful for an individual um, from a mental standpoint to just be um, you know alone with your computer all that time I mean I think it's really healthy for you to for for anybody to have that human interaction and it's it's um, well the particularly sad part about it in, in my opinion is that not only are you alone with your computer but you can be alone with your computer and have some human interaction mm-hmm. um, via that computer, whether it's yes. uh, uh, ongoing uh, tweets or uh, Facebook uh, interaction. But um, the really sad part of it is you could be engaged um, alone with your computer and not have any interaction with other people. At all. Yeah. I mean, you could spend the day um, uh Immersed in in uh, mediums that don't involve other people. That's, that's true. And that's and, true. and to me, that uh, is uh, particularly uh, and potentially detrimental uh, to society. Um, that's why I, I'd like to think that uh, that email, which is almost viewed as uh, longhand mm-hmm. these days, you know, right. in just a couple of decades, it's become. Uh, almost like handwriting, yes, uh, and and th- which is another thing. I I hope that uh, handwritten messages don't go out of style. And um, I am reminded at this very moment that there are a couple of handwritten messages, um, letters that I need to send to people, thank you notes mm-hmm. that are handwritten, uh, just to keep my hand, so to speak, in the personal more or more personal uh, interactive mode, and. I would like to think that lengthy messages that are well-written but laden with good information in the form of email um, will be a a mode of communication that doesn't go entirely out of style, or at least for a while, um, if we try to become uh, a world of uh, 160 characters or less, or in many cases... I know that when I text someone, mm-hmm. I'm trying to shoot for such brevity that it could be uh, uh, just a few letters. Uh, you know, uh, I, I think uh, millions of people have sent uh, emails with either just an emoticon graphic image, right, or a THX, you know, yeah. abbreviated for for thanks. Um, 
so that the mode of communication continues to become more and more abbreviated and and whereas there's some real value um you need to know that i appreciate something um some gesture you uh made uh on my behalf or um you've sent me some information that i need and i text you back thanks that's fine mm-hmm. but uh i think there's so much more um that that can be commuted in the form of emails in which case, let's switch back to the professional end of the spectrum and talk a, a, a little bit about the value of of quality writing, which which is an area that is has become extremely obscured. Um, just acceptable professional uh, language in various languages that's changing uh, mm-hmm. today. I mean, what is acceptable today as a complete sentence, a paragraph, a well-written message is is anybody's guess uh, outside of uh, strict uh, grammarians, if you will. Um, English teachers must be uh, feeling the pinch of millions who believe that and it's a phrase that certainly I have used through the years and that is usage dictates acceptability so that new words get created and if they're used enough it shows up in the dictionary the way of writing a sentence abbreviated sentences abbreviated language a combination of two languages or more in one sentence the use of graphic imagery in the form of emoticons, you know, it, it, it's, this is a whole new ball game and what's acceptable will probably be dictated by usage, uh, so that we're looking at potentially new forms of grammar and for someone to write, uh, a, a, a book, uh, uh, like, uh, elements of style, Mm -hmm. uh, is, uh, Take on a whole different. It is, it, yeah, it, 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 it is a whole, yeah, a whole different dimension. Um, so, what's your take on uh, on on the importance of of well written language in our field? Uh, I think well written language in our field is um, of the utmost importance, and if, if that isn't um, demonstrated, then I think. Um, you know, messages aren't being properly communicated. So um, while there's, it's it's fun to think about how um, and, and necessary maybe at times that, that communication's been shortened and, and can be very effective. The back and forth um, nature of it, but um, you, I think you talked, you were alluding to the the lack of depth um, that a lot of um, some of the communication has today, and and I think that that's um, absolutely seen. Um, and I mean, you look at investigative units in, in newsrooms, and I think um, to a large degree those have disappeared. Or, or if they're still in existence, they're not doing some of the enterprise work that they used to do, and that's um, and that's too bad. In fact, you mentioned companies having people who are dedicated to fielding um, the large body of interactive information or what's trending out there, yes. as well as the communication that might be coming into a uh, a company uh, via an online um, 
system of fielding commentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, the phones are still used. Uh, uh, I would imagine that very few companies get handwritten letters anymore giving them a feedback, either positive or negative, about their product or service. But you have uh, small armies of people fielding other kinds of uh, interactive feedback, and newsrooms have become the same way. They're following what's trending. They have people dedicated to following what's trending. That that's true. Um, yeah, I personally think that um, journalism, which is built on um, the accurate collection and conveyance of who, what, when, where, why, and how, um, won't go out of style. Um, it 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 appears to be um, that uh, there's a growing trend to not follow certain basic principles uh, of good journalism, but I would like to think in the professional ranks that there's a core uh, a core of people and at the core uh, of quality communication will be that uh, ability to put together the who, what, when, where, and why, and how um, that uh, is communicated uh, um, in an articulate manner, maybe even an eloquent manner. We're going to take a break. We're here with Thomas Smith. We've been talking about the field of public relations and mass communications. We'll be back with Thomas right after this break. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctor's conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. This is Denise Simon. 18 hours a day, I live in a world as an intelligence analyst. What I find is reprehensible, what I find is terrifying, what I find is treasonous. The mainstream media has completely failed the American people. So join me for the Denise Simon Experience every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. This is Dr. Susan Blank, Medical Director for the Atlanta Healing Center. Our team is able to offer a multitude of treatment options, such as quantitative EEG, also known as brain mapping, hormonal and nutritional assessments, neuropsychological testing, and cognitive therapy, along with traditional 12-step facilitation. And we can even offer you, if appropriate, a gentle medically managed detox. Please contact us at 770-696-9862. This is Donna Fiducia, co-host of Cowboy Logic Radio, and you're listening to America's Web Radio, a most eclectic mix of conservative shows. Welcome back to the Business Hour. I'm Ron Camacho, your host, and we're here with Thomas Smith, a public relations, media relations specialist and expert who's also a writer. And before the break, we were talking about the value of quality writing uh, at the core of professional communication, I made the comment that I, I, I hoped that uh, communicating the who, what, when, where, why, and how of um, anything uh, won't go out of style and that we'll just get better at utilizing the existing mediums. Mm-hmm. 
Thomas, when you're working with the client and you're trying to determine what it is that they want to communicate, whether it's generating awareness about the company in general or a new product or service introduction, walk us through the process uh, that you go through with your your clients to determine what they're going to say and how they're going to say it, to whom they're going to say it, which is to say who they target, and then a discussion about the strategy for how to reach that uh, target audience given the multitude of mediums. Um, sure. Well, I, th- I think um, first and foremost, it's really important for you for um, public relations practitioner to um, to get up to speed as quickly as possible with your client's industry. And um, so, do your homework. I mean, that's I think one of the first things that you need to do. And then, you know, right from the onset, you need to um, you know have that that meeting that's pretty comprehensive in nature and really go over um, what is it at the end of the day that you're trying to do. Um, when it comes to your respective brand, um, uh, what's the goal? And and for most money, for most people, it's um, you know drawing new customers, and and ultimately it's making money. Um, so, um, but but not always. I mean, there there are other things that that you're trying to accomplish, and so you you want to set up that m- make sure that it's clear um, what your primary objective is, and um, and really and learn who your the audience is. Um, you have to. Of course, pay attention to budget, but in terms of uh, execution um, of um, a, a program, um, potential program, and there are just so many ways um, to go about it, um, as we've discussed, and some may be through um, the different platforms and mediums, but others um, may be in the form of events. Um, it could be, uh, you know, a speaking opportunity. Um, so when I mean events, I mean special events that are focusing on um, a company or an individual, something that's going on. There, there needs to be uh, – there's so much fluff out there that I'm, I'm a big fan of. There's got to be a purpose behind what you are doing. Um, and so um, I mentioned speaking opportunities are another way for um, for somebody to convey their message, getting in front of an audience and, and um, delivering, um, you know, an impactful um speech, um, if you will. Um, there are awards opportunities that are out there. There's so many of those that can really be, um, you know, help with your credibility. Um, so um, it's important to set up um, expectations. And from a PR standpoint, not everything that you throw out there may necessarily work. So it's really, you need to, um, you know, really go through the, the various steps and, and find out who um, who's your market, um, Again, what are you trying to accomplish at the end of the day, and and what kind of budget are you working with? I mean, um, so you have to be limited in scope, in my opinion. If you're dealing with a, a limited budget, um, you can't go after everything. I mean, you have to prioritize um, and go from there. I know that um, I try to work with um, clients and have them. My assumption is that my clients know their market and the marketplace better than I do. That that doesn't necessarily always turn out to be the case because in some cases the client is extremely good at the manufacturing of their product and they have a general idea of of who uses their product but they really haven't ever given a lot of thought and don't have a lot of insight into who the the, uh, expanding uh, uh, market uh, might, the marketplace might be who it is and 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 uh 
how they can grow um, their consumer base, and and so that may take some homework on my part, um, or it may be a consumer segment that I'm more familiar with because I have another client in that marketplace. Right. Let's just right. say it's food and beverage, and and they're relatively they're a relative newcomer to to the industry, but they've got a great uh, product, and so they're looking uh, to me. But my assumption is generally that that they will understand and and hopefully communicate, and I will try to ask them who they they think their uh, their target audience is. Um, Along with you know what they think the, their core message is. Yes. And so when you pointed out getting doing your homework, I mean that's part of doing your homework is gathering information outside and then working with the client on the inside. I think sure, making sure everybody's on the same page and that there's clarity. Absolutely, they they should in theory know um, who their audience is. But just for you, it's important to communicate that to um, whoever you're working with from a marketing communications public relations perspective. That they have um, that clarity, and then you know, there's certain platforms in social media, for instance, that will apply to um, to what your objective may be. Um, you know, Twitter, um, Facebook, those are great, but they're not for every um, communications um, initiative or endeavor that you're trying to um, accomplish. So, um, and certainly those those two mediums in particular are skewed towards a younger demographic. In a sense, but but they're also they're users of all ages um, when it comes to um, to Twitter and Facebook and the, the extent of which they're using them. Have you have you ever had a, a client um, that says um, I want to use like all the new uh, mediums? I, I, I in addition to the newspaper and magazines and television, I, I want to get the word out uh, via Google. Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Flickr. Uh, I want to do webinars. I want to do blogs. I want to be LinkedIn. I want to utilize crowdsource and Elo, BuzzFeed, and right. and and just you know they're yeah. they're just telling you because they've heard about the efficacy of these different social mediums. They're not even extremely familiar with them, and certainly for our part, it's very difficult to be an expert on the efficacy of all those different uh, social mediums. But, you know, when you have a client that says, I want to utilize all these different new methods, uh, does that begin the discussion uh, about budget? Um, Begins the discussion of budget. Um, You need to say, wait a minute, Um, does this really make sense? Do you really even understand um, how these platforms work, Um, which a lot of people don't? Um, Personally, I'm still coming up to speed with a lot of, of what you mentioned um, in terms of full engagement and really understanding their effectiveness on um, as a communications tool, so um, y- you're right. I mean, there, there's a lot. Uh, it's fun to throw out those names, but do they really know at the end of the day well how they'll um, how they'll fully leverage uh, their brand and, and make a difference? Well, let's talk for a moment about budget because you know time translates into. Uh, Time is money uh, in almost any business. Uh, if we're being asked to fashion a strategy, and that strategy includes uh, some uh, combination of traditional mediums and uh, new, uh, newly evolving social mediums, um, how do you begin that process? Uh, uh, is it is it a strategy uh, of targeting that then translates into a budget, or do you try to figure out in advance um, what the budget might be? I know that that, that is one of those areas where 
Um, I might even say to the client, uh, we're going to talk about uh, budget. Is it bigger than a bread box? You know, uh, it is like that nebulous thing of like, do you have uh, $10 to spend, $100 to spend, $1,000, $100,000, and and actually start to try to get my arms around uh, the, the, the resources because that tells you how much time you can even spend creating a strategy oftentimes. Yeah, no, I think it's helpful to start for that uh, communications professional to know what kind of budget they're working with. I mean, otherwise, I think it could be a major time waster for both um, you and your client. Um, so certainly, they're, they're, you're limited um, to a large degree by the budget, um, by a budget you may be working with um, on the lower end of the spectrum. Um, and then, you know, if it's a bigger budget, there, there are more possibilities, and, and that makes sense. Um, but you really need to hone in on, on what that is um, that you want to, to accomplish. And, and, and from there, I think you can develop some strategies that are within, um, within reason um, and um, where the expectation um, is uh, achievable. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that just a discussion about uh, creating the big buzz versus the targeted buzz. You know, uh, a lot of times uh, a client will think that uh, they want to uh, reach as many people as possible, and uh, I might point out that there could be a target audience that uh, we could reach more cost-effectively and that that's a good place to start is to focus efforts on reaching that that target audience and maybe engaging one of the social um, mediums or two or three um, combined with traditional um, a, a traditional medium like a newspaper or, or even a magazine, right. uh, even an ad. You know, we haven't talked a lot about advertising and, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. um, that line between public relations and advertising has become obscured yes. um, because uh, you're getting messages out there that are designed to engage customers, um, consumers of products or services, and uh, that has traditionally been a more advertising-oriented approach, yet at the same time, public relations has always supported advertising. So, you know, th- again, these these lines of communication and the strategies, everything is is um, somewhat obscured. Um, I, th- I think your point about setting expectations. I think people need to understand there are no guarantees anymore for how effective any given medium will be. I know that I used to have clients that said. Uh, Oh, I understand that if I can get uh, 2%, 3%, 5% uh, return on on this direct mail piece. And I said I would just caution them that mm-hmm. there is no set percentage of return on that investment in the form of people responding. There just isn't. I said it really depends on once we do this execution and we reach this targeted audience, given your particular product or service mm-hmm. and the competitive environment, we'll, we'll know more about what to expect the next time around. But until you do that, uh, you know, your company image versus another company image with the same product or service could yield totally different uh, uh, responses. Yes. Um, We're going to be taking a break here, but when we come back, um, Thomas, 
we have a lot of listeners out there who are fascinated about how any professional got to where they are professionally and and i'd also like to um along with asking you more about your background have you share with us a couple of examples of where given all of this these obscure uh um, areas of new communication mediums uh how you have advised clients let's just say two clients um or the same client that has $10, here's one way of spending $10. Here's another example of how you sure. can spend that $10. We're here with Thomas Smith. We've been talking about public relations, media relations, mass communications. We'll be back with Thomas right after this break. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. This is Dr. Elena George with your health tip of the day. Did you know that allergy season in Georgia is year-round? Beginning in July through November, ragweed is the predominant pollen. But February through May, tree pollen causes allergy symptoms. Grass pollen occurs from mid-May through the beginning of July. If you suffer from daily nasal congestion, sneezing, runny nose, headache, ear clogging, or popping, or a chronic cough, these symptoms may be due to allergy and not infection. You should also think of allergies if there is no fever, chills, or colored mucus. Treatment should include nasal salt water sprays over the counter, or any histamines that do not cause drowsiness. If you have persistent headaches, a decrease in your sense of smell, or nosebleeds, you should see an ear, nose, and throat physician. Please join me on Wednesdays at 9 a.m. for Medicine on Call. This is Dr. Elena George. This is Donna Fiducia, former anchor at the Fox News Channel, and now co-host of Cowboy Logic Radio, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Welcome back to the Business Hour. We're here with Thomas Smith, and we've been talking about public relations, mass communications, and how that field has undergone significant changes over the last uh, few years and couple of decades, so that... uh, you have traditional um, mediums for communicating that range from newspapers and magazines and television to the host, the myriad, the the, the just the vast array of of social mediums. And and you know, I had gone through this litany of Google, Twitter, Ubook, Facebook, Flickr, webinars, blogs, LinkedIn, crowdsourcing, Elo, Buzzfeed, uh, and many more, um, and. One important uh, aspect of the work that we do on the public relations, mass communication consulting side, uh, which is to say marketing communications um, uh, as well, is media relations. 
you yes. know, maintaining a relationship with uh, the organizations, uh, both uh, traditional and new. Um, and, of course, since some of the old uh, uh, traditional um, modes of communication like newspapers and magazines have digitized themselves, uh, they're, they're, they're not old. They're, mm-hmm. they're part of um, the new range of, of mediums. Um, uh, how do you go about maintaining relationships with, uh, with all of those different mediums? I think um, you need to do your homework on term, in terms of what each medium is, uh, the kind of kinds of stories that they're covering and telling. I mean, what's their focus, immediate focus? Because that changes from time to time um, in terms of the subject matter that they're communicating. And by the way, we still do sometimes refer to it as a beat. I mean, even, that's right. even though it's a new digital, that's it's, correct. It's, it's still a beat. It's, that's, that's what they focus on. That's right. Um, so I think knowing um, you know, what are a given reporters' um, beat is or, or um, ten, you know, the assignment that they tend to th- – the st- kind of story that they tend to cover is very important. Um, knowing that their time is so um, precious and valuable, I mean, it's precious and valuable for all of us, but really respecting their time. I mean, you never know when a reporter can be on deadline. And there's nothing that they dislike more than um, uh, being harassed by somebody in the in, in the public relations um, profession, um, and, and that's um, yeah I've experienced that firsthand a long a long time ago in my career, and now um, it it re- it's really helpful if you get to know um, not only you know read um, or, or or view um, the work of, of a given media's um, and individuals. Um, you know just what they're doing, um, but also um, get to know them. Maybe go. Out, there are cases where you'll you'll see them out, um, and maybe at an event, um, you know, in a professional association meeting. Um, so it's important to get to know them. Well, I you know I mentioned during the break that uh, I'll bet that when you show up uh, at a um, a press club meeting, mm-hmm. uh, more than ever before. Um, what they do on their side has become more like what we're having to do on, on our side. Um, they themselves are put in the position of having to keep up with all these different mediums. And, and Definitely. Uh, and, and you pointed out that, that in many cases they're expected to have a Twitter handle, uh, to have a Facebook page, and to, in some cases, uh, um, shoot video. That's that's right. And, and be active in that. Not just say that they have a Twitter handle or, um, or a blog, but to to actively participate and, and provide content in those areas. And so, sure, that's, that's a difference um, in terms of how their career has is, is come. I mean, maybe at one point they were just doing one thing, simply doing reporting, and now it's expanded the scope of their respective jobs. So that's a, a big change that's, that's happened. Yeah, I think it would be fascinating to sit in on a, uh, a college uh, course on mass communications 101 mm-hmm. uh, and just see exactly how it's being approached, which brings me to the question of of what your background is um how did you uh even begin to be involved in anything that was communications uh related much less public relations well for a long time when i was um maybe going back to um being in elementary school or middle school there the the thought of becoming a journalist at one point um was was thought provoking and intriguing to me, and um, and so as I went through high school and, and into college, um, I I did those. I was on the radio and and um, wrote for the paper and the magazine at, at, at those respective places, and and then um, as a college student, I majored in communication studies, um, which isn't 
um, it's more theoretical and um, it's not um, public relations 101, um, but it gave me a good sense of um, some of the keys um, when it comes to communicating message messages. Um, theories of persuasion was a class that I took um, when I was in college. I remember that, and, and speech writing and um, um, the rhetoric of contemporary culture. That was another class that we took. Um, so when I when I finished um, college. Um, <laughs> like so many college graduates, I wasn't sure exactly what path I was headed in, but wanted to do something um, w that would entail writing. And so, um, and journalism was still very much a, a possibility for me. I, I went to graduate school in journalism and thought about being a TV journalist and and either being on the air or being behind the scenes. And then the reality of that business is that you have to move from market to market. You have to start start out in a very small market. Um, and then move around, and it's very, very competitive. Um, and so there's a there's a chance that you may stay in a small market your entire life, and um, the hours are very tough. Um, so for me, public relations was a great um, uh, field because it would still uh, enable me to be a writer. It enabled me to, to work with the media, um, and so it's been a great um profession choice for me and, and it's been fun to really see its evolution um, these last couple decades. You, you get to pick your uh, marketplace uh, so to speak uh, I know that when I worked for CBS the, the possibilities um, of ending up in a lot of different places uh, was something I hadn't thought about until um, a couple of um, uh, options emerged and um, I always had uh, the wild-eyed expectation that, uh, you know, I could be in some major market. Um, and then I realized it could be some very minor market, and it could be for, for many years. Fortunately, Atlanta was one of those areas that emerged, and at the time it was not even in broadcast communications, uh, the division that I work with for, for CBS. Um, but uh, it became more and more exciting once I realized that, that this was a uh, growing, mm -hmm. thriving um, 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 marketplace. It may have grown a little more, a little faster than a lot of us uh, that have been here a few decades uh, would like to have seen. But then again, uh, that's why we came, and, and to some extent, that's why we're here. Mm -hmm. um, but l looking back at what you learned um what would you say to a uh, a young student that uh, might be listening, uh, or even a parent that, who's got a, a child that is uh, thinking about um, a career potentially in in communications, uh, maybe even specifically public relations? Um, should they um, be a writer? Uh, well, I think writing writing's really the basis of it. So I think learning to write well um, at an early age and, and showing that interest and passion for writing is very important. I think getting that well-rounded education, um, be it in math, history, political science, I mean, having that knowledge base that extends into many different areas is very valuable. And so I'd, I'd really recommend doing that, building that foundation. And then from there, if you're interested in the communications profession, you can um, advance in that direction and learn um, and take courses in public relations, maybe on the graduate level, um, but and maybe um, you know have some exposure to it as an undergraduate. But I wouldn't I wouldn't put all your eggs in one basket by necessarily being a PR major. If you could uh, do it differently, would you 
refrain from having uh, been a undergraduate journalism major, and and or would you have augmented your journalism courses with a lot more broad based kinds of courses? Well, it, one of the thing the unique things about my major is that I was able to to take courses in a lot of different areas, and, and I made I mean that was um, something that they the em- they emphasized at the university that I attended, and so um, so no, I, I think that. Um, I got that that background that was really helpful for me moving forward, um, and and um, complemented the education that I got in communications quite well. Yeah, I definitely think that uh, for any undergraduate student these days, unless you absolutely know you're going to be a computer programmer, or aerospace uh, engineer, uh, a uh, uh, go to medical school, and you have your heart set on it, and your heart and your head are uh, aligned in that direction. Um, I think you should try as many different courses um, early on just in case it leads you to uh, a, uh, a different place than you thought you, you, you originally thought that you might want to go. Um, there's no other time in your life that somebody hands you a book that has a bunch of different uh, subjects in it and says just pick a few and, and immerse yourself in these subjects because after you graduate, typically, you're told pretty much, uh, you know, you, you're not always in a position, even as an entrepreneur, to uh, have a multitude of uh, subjects uh, to uh, immerse right. yourself in. Well, Thomas, I want to thank you for taking the time to be on the Business Hour. Um, thank you for being here. It's been a lot of fun to talk about um a profession I'm passionate about and, and seen um, so many changes um, over the last two decades. Well, you've been listening to the Business Hour. We're here with Thomas Smith. We've been talking about public relations, mass communications, and the changing uh, field. We're on from 10 to 11 a.m. on Fridays. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on the radio next week. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.